All right. You know, I just I just want to point out, I was looking up here, and, and everyone up on this stage leading you in worship, they volunteer in other places. They're not just, uh, not just talking about it. They're doing it. They're doing it. Yeah. And a special, special shout out. Where'd he go, Sean? Need you to stand back up? This boy's getting hitched. She said yes. Yeah. All right. Good job, Sean. I want to do. I want to do a Bible study uh, for the next few weeks. Uh, we're going to go over Galatians. Uh, we'll be in uh, Galatians chapter five, and you will see that today. We will stick. We will stick pretty close to the text. Uh, we'll just go through and see what the Lord has for us. And uh, there's a couple things that um, that I really think are pertinent and important. So let's let's pray. Uh, Holy Spirit, we ask you to be in this place to speak to us, to speak to us. We ask you to be in our hearts today, Lord. We need. Uh, we need your word, we need your provision, we need revelation from you, and we ask all these things in your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, um, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, is where we will uh, begin. Um, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 was not written as Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it was just somewhere in a letter. We were the ones who assigned chapters and verses to all of this text in the Bible. It was nothing evil. It was just so that we can find it. Uh, so, you know, as you're reading, it doesn't always complete a thought in between chapters and verses. So, you know, don't let those get in your way. Uh, but it is natural to start in verse 1. If you are not familiar with the book of Galatians, do not worry. Uh, no one expected you to walk in here as a Bible scholar today, Okay. Nobody expected you to walk in here perfect today, okay? Um, is there anyone perfect in here today? Just signify by saying amen. Okay, see there? You're in good company. Uh, we all need Jesus. That, that's what qualifies us uh, for saviors that we're not perfect, and so you may not even have a Bible. We have them to give to you today. As you exit out today, uh, there's a VIP table, and they have Bibles for you for free. It is a joy for us to give that to you. Uh, we also have some, if you want something leather-bound, uh, if you like to light candles and put on some mood music and read out of a leather book, uh, straight to your left, there's some Bibles, and you can, you can purchase those for how much? Whatever you want to pay for it. Just put it in the box. Uh, it's fine with us. Just, just read it is all we ask. Um, but the Bible's in two sections. There's an Old Testament and a New Testament. The Old Testament is the record of God creating the world, choosing his people, and promising that through these people, a Messiah, a Savior will come. And when he comes, that is Jesus, okay? Jesus comes. Your calendar goes from B.C. to A.D. This is Christmas. This is, this is the whole deal. He probably secretly wasn't born in December, but we don't know. So, <laughs> Christmas, December 25th it is. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. For freedom, Christ set us free. Stand firm then, and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. We're going to just stop right there and ponder on this for a moment. For freedom, Christ set us free. For freedom, Christ set us free. It, it's so simple. Why did Christ set you free? So that you would be free. But then what? Well, stay free. Stand firm then and don't submit again 
to a yoke of slavery. Now, this is Galatians. This is uh, Paul's servant, Paul, and he wrote a, a letter to this church in Galatia. And if you're from Galatia, you're a Galatian. Look at that. And there were some weird things going down in this church. And they were beginning to do odd things, beginning to submit to strange things, beginning to hold on to some strange teaching, putting up with some things that should not be put up with in God's church. And, and, and Paul writes to them and says, you've been set free. Stop jumping back into slavery. You're set free. Stay free. And that sounds really simple. But it is one of the hardest things to do to stay free. And, and you know that because you've been bound to more than one thing in your life. You've been bound to more than one thing at a time in your life. How many of y'all, I love this, I make fun of Dusty for this all the time. How many of y'all are like, I'm going to quit smoking, I'm going to quit smoking. And so you start dipping and now you dip and smoke? <laughs> it's, not, it's not just with a product that we do this. Christ came to set us free from what? Well, mainly from ourselves, okay? From sin, from Satan. He came to set us free. We're free from this. We don't have to be bound to this. We're not in bondage any longer. So the problem is, instead of allowing Christ to set us free, we search for freedom ourselves, and we, ended up, we end up jumping from one sin to the next. And so maybe this is an explanation for many of the things that you've done in your life. It, it starts like this. I, I climb this tree, proverbially, I climb this tree. Now, this is a hunk of a tree, and it's a heavy sucker, okay? By the way, I did wash these jeans. I just carried these logs in this morning by myself. No, that did not happen. <laughs> but imagine this is a tree. So we kind of climb this tree, right? This is going to elevate me. This is going to be something for me. You know, when you were little, you climbed trees, right? And the question is why? We don't really know. It just seemed like something to do. And so the problem is I get up in that tree, and that tree becomes my support. Because without this tree, I go splat. All right? And have you ever gotten pretty far up a tree just to realize that you can't get down? <laughs> we walked outside one time and saw my son hanging from a branch. And he just was wiggling his way down there. And eventually he's hanging from this branch. And uh, I, I remember his, uh, his uncle walked up and said, Bodie, what are you going to do now? And Bodie's looking at the ground and looking at the branch, and he goes, I don't know. <laughs> and we were like, we could tell. But I've been there a lot. What are you going to do now? I don't really know. And so what we do is we jump from treetop to treetop. And so I've, I've jumped to something that I'm still in bondage to. I still need this or I go splat. 
And so people have asked you that before. And, and people have judged you for that before. Why did you jump into that? And the best you can come up with, because it's not that. Do you feel me on this? Why are you there? Because it's, because it's, not, it's not that anymore. The problem is, I'm still in bondage. And so we end up jumping from one sin to the next, to the next, and I just, sometimes I even go back. Sometimes I go for, sometimes I go for three, right? You know what I'm saying? We just go from sin to sin, from bondage to bondage, and, and, and it doesn't always have to be a bad thing, because this could be my kids. Some of you are in bondage to your kids. That's a curse to your kids. To make your kids the center of the universe is probably not a great thing. Going to grow up with a very unrealistic version of their place in life. But we've set it up and now I'm in bondage to it. Or maybe, maybe it's a bad relationship. Well, that was a relationship too. Yeah, but this one's not that one. But I'm still in bondage to it. It might be addiction. This is how I'm coping with what that tree did to me. And so we jump from sin to 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 sin. It doesn't even have to be a sin, does it? I'm just going to put in 80 hours of work for the rest of my life. It's not a sin. Dude, you got it. You, you got to work. The Bible actually encourages it. It says if you don't work, you shouldn't get to eat. We need to reincorporate that. But I'm not parenting right now. I'm not, I'm not living right now. I'm not meeting with Jesus at all. I'm not taking care of my spouse, my family, anything. So now I'm in, I'm in bondage. You see, Christ came to just, you know what I'm saying? Christ came to just set you free. It is for freedom that he set you free. Why did he set you free? So you don't need this anymore. And you don't need this, and you don't need this, and you don't need any of it. He set us free from it. Why? So that I could be free. So that I'm not bound to it anymore. So that I can go anywhere, do anything, be whoever God wants me to be. I'm free to do that. But we're in, we're in debt to so many things. Ooh, debt's a word, isn't it? <laughs> we're in debt to so many things that when God calls you, and he says, hey, I really need you to go start a church in West Texas. And you're like, I'm sorry, I'm up a tree. I can't get down. I, I, just, I, just, I just bought a new thing that the, the, the bank is going to try to foreclose on. I, I'm upside down on it. I can't do it. It doesn't have to be sin to be bondage. But then it kind of becomes, doesn't it? For freedom, Christ set us free. Stand firm then. Stand firm. Oh, that's interesting. Stand firm. Stand firm on your principles. Stand firm on your faith. Stand firm. Listen, sweetheart, we're not going to play 
travel monopoly or whatever sport it is that takes every weekend of the year. Because we're supposed to serve God. And I don't think we're going to play Monopoly in heaven. I hope not. <laughs> what, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be. I'm using something silly because it doesn't matter what it is. Because as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord until it becomes the season for our sport. And then we're going to do it until we do it year-round. And the kids don't know Jesus. And that's not a shot against anything. I've missed, hey, I've missed some Sundays for something. I think two in the entire life of my kids thus far. But that's not, that's, that's not a complete shot. It could be anything. And this is not about church attendance, by the way. This is just about serving the Lord, man. God has something he wants you to do. And so he got you. He, he brought you out of the tree, man. He rescued you like a little boy hanging from a branch saying, I don't know what I'm going to do now. And he rescued you and he said, you know what your job is now? Don't go back up that tree. <laughs> and you know what you're going to have to do? Stand firm because everybody's going to be like, hey, climb this tree with me. It's a party in the tree. Might be a silly example, but hopefully you understand what I'm saying. So how do we keep out of it? Stand firm and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. Man, if you were over the age of 10, you should understand what it means to submit to a yoke of slavery. Things begin to possess you. Things begin to control you. Don't sign up for that. Don't allow yourself to go there. Men, women too, there are some things that you need to just be able to say, hey, I will never do that. Why? Because you're so strong? No, because I will not put myself in a situation where that can happen because I'm not strong. My strength is understanding that I'm not strong. That's how I stand firm against submitting again to a yoke of slavery. Because if I've, if I've got all sorts of things and nobody can have the password on my phone, I've, I have submitted myself again to a yoke of slavery. Dude, get a flip phone. Whatever it takes. Because he set you free. Don't jump back into that. There are places that you go and you know you're going to climb the tree. There are crowds that you get in and it's like, oh, well, there you go, talking about you got to be too good for people. No, I'm not too good for anyone. In fact, the problem is I'm not good enough. That's why I can't be there. Because I can't be around that and not submit again to a yoke of slavery. So standing firm means, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm too weak. I can't go. <laughs> I can't do it. It's not you, it's me. Galatians chapter 5, verse 4. I'm going to go down. You who are trying to be justified by the law are alienated from Christ. You have fallen from grace. Let me give you some background on this one. See, Paul's talking to the people because, uh, you know, these are, this, this is the early church. We believe that Paul uh, wrote everything that 
was written before A.D. 70. So this was all written relatively close to uh, when Jesus would have died, around 30 or 33 A.D. And Paul, Paul wrote this, and keep in mind that this, this, was written, th- this was written for you, but it was not written to you. This was written primarily to a Jewish audience. And so according to their old customs and their old law, uh, circumcision was an absolute must. Uh, boys are circumcised on the eighth day. And so uh, Gentiles are now being converted, and circumcision becomes this entire debate. And he says, you who are trying to be justified by the law. In other words, the church was telling people, if you don't become circumcised, you cannot be a Christian. You cannot be a follower. And Paul is going, hey, uh, Jesus is how you become a follower. Not by your rules, not by your traditions, right? We are not justified by works. We are justified by faith. Now, faith comes and works follow, okay? We will do good works if we have the faith. I'm not saying uh, that you can be, just run around being a complete butt and call yourself a Christian and everything be okay, okay? The, the works will come, but works are not how you obtain salvation. They're how you know you obtained salvation. Works are not how you get salvation. Works are how you know you got salvation. Does that make sense? Okay, so he's having this debate with them and, and basically saying, man, you're trying to get people to jump back into a set of rules, and if rules could get you there, you wouldn't need Jesus. You need to pick right now. Right, is Jesus the way, or are your rules the way? Because you can't have both. And so literally he says here, you who are trying to be justified by the law are alienated from Christ. What does it mean to be alienated? That's a foreign concept to what Jesus came and preached. You have fallen from grace. What does that mean? You've fallen from grace? That means they're all going to hell? Here's what he's saying. There's grace, which is God saying, trust in me, have faith in me, and then there's your works. You have fallen off of this ladder. You can go over there if you want to, but this is not the path that Jesus chose. You were alienated from this. You were doing something completely foreign to the teachings of Jesus if you were telling everybody that you have to be circumcised. You have to sing out of hymns. You have to, you, you know what I'm saying? Like all of, these, all of these different rules, that was completely foreign to what Christ taught that alienates you. Verse five, for we eagerly await through the spirit by faith the hope of righteousness, for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision accomplishes anything. What matters is faith working through love. Okay? And so we try to loophole Christianity. We've talked about this before. We want to know the rules Mostly because the question you always have to ask yourself is, why do I want to know the answer to this? And typically the answer is, and I don't know if you guys can see me, maybe on the camera you can, uh, but typically the answer is because I want to walk as close to the edge. I want to, get, I want to stay as much in the world as possible, but still be in right standing with Jesus. I want to have as much of Satan's fun as possible but still go to heaven. If we don't get it, 
So, so this is the circumcision line. <laughs> do you have to be circumcision? Do you, do, do, do you not? Have, tell, me, tell me what you believe about predestination. Tell me what you believe. You know, and we, we begin to make all of these rules. For God's sake, you didn't go take your kids to see Santa, did you? You know what I'm saying? And we, and we do what, what the Bible calls straining at a, a gnat and swallowing a camel. Because we'll pick a rule to strain on, but our hearts are wrong. And what did Jesus come for? He came for our hearts. Now, is sin still sin? Absolutely. I'm not saying that we can go out and sin. I'm saying we always have to identify uh, what our heart is after. He says what matters is faith working through love. What matters is faith working through love. How will you win people over? Faith working through love. What won you over into the kingdom of God? Faith working through love. I don't think anyone came and set some new legislation on you and you were like, I repent. Be careful. And, and again, Absolutely, man. We'll call a spade a spade. We'll, we'll talk about sin through, uh, through, through our hearts, through, through you know, things that God, God cares deeply about, how you treat your spouse. He cares deeply about your sexuality. He cares deeply about you preaching the truth. He cares deeply about having honest scales and all of those things. I'm not saying that sin is not sin. Here's what I am saying. Do you want to be known for what you're for or do you want to be known for what you're against? Let me put it a different way. What hill are you willing to die on? It would be an honor for me to die on the hill that says, Jesus is Lord, I will serve him all my life. There's a lot of other hills that I would just quite frankly rather not die on. (laughs) Call a spade a spade, call sin sin, absolutely. Is that what you want to be known for? What do you want to be known for? And he's warning us what matters is faith working through love. We can lose sight of that. But there is one way to Jesus. Jesus says, I'm sorry, there's one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. See, we were separated from God back when Adam and Eve sinned. We were separated from God, and we needed a bridge, and Jesus provided that on a cross, a wooden cross, and so we have a wood bridge. It'd be a great name for a church one day, and there's only one bridge, one path, one way to the Father, and here's what I want to be known for. Right here, boys. Here's the bridge. Come on. Follow me. I want you to be free. I want you to be free and stay free, and I want you to come to the bridge because as long as you're still up that tree, you're not coming to the bridge. And I care about all of these other things, and I care deeply about politics. I care deeply about what my kids are being taught in school. I care deeply about all of these things, and I think the answer to all of these things is the bridge, is follow Jesus. Straightening up of our our, our life will be a byproduct of following Jesus. In fact, how dare I think that you're going to agree with me on any of these things if you don't agree with me about my God and who he is? How could we ever come to terms on what he taught? There's things that are quite frankly uncomfortable for me. Of course I expect them to be uncomfortable for an unbeliever. 
first things first, I want you to know my God. I want you to know my God. And I dare say that not a single soul in here has nagged somebody into belief in God. Has argued someone into the kingdom of heaven. Has kicked somebody's butt into the throne room. But I bet you have loved and prayed for people who have accepted Jesus. It's not the Texas way. <laughs> That's not how we do things in the dirty south, man. We get things done, right? Jesus came to teach something better. He said what matters is faith working through love. Verse 7, you were running well. Who prevented you from being persuaded regarding the truth? This persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. You were running well. Who prevented you from being persuaded? Do you remember when you first got saved and you were pumped up about it? Some of you are still there and I'm pumped with you. What happened to that? Dude, the world starts coming in, Right? The world starts coming in. No, that's not what a Christian is like. This is what a Christian is like. Hey, look in here for what a Christian is like. People have been planting seeds. Are they growing? Well, that's just, that's just some of that religiosity. That's just people trying to brainwash you. Isn't that funny how people would tell us that the Bible is just trying to brainwash us? Like, do you understand that people are trying to manipulate or brainwash you when they're telling you that the Bible is trying to manipulate or brainwash you? Do you understand the hypocrisy in that? And I, I totally, I, I, I completely get it because they could say that we're doing the exact same thing. I, I completely understand. And, and yes, that principle does work both ways. But do you understand that it is for freedom that Christ has set you free? What does that mean? When Christ set you free, do you know what you were free to choose? Christ. You know what you're also free to choose? Not Christ. And he gave you the freedom to do it. Nobody else is doing that for you. Nobody else is setting you free so that you can make the decision for yourself. They're setting you free with an agenda. Christ has set you free so that you can choose freely. Just, just for kicks. Just for kicks. Do I have time? I have time. And somebody says that you shouldn't believe me. <laughs> I, dude, y'all got, got family. Y'all come and tell me. Y'all come and tell me. And, and somebody doesn't even know me. They just see me as a pastor and I just represent all pastors. And, or or it, it, it doesn't even have to be me. It could be, it could be anybody else. Oh, they're lying to you up there at that church. You can't believe a word they say. Should I believe you? <laughs> Well, that's just, they're saying that is truth, but there's no such thing as really, you know, there's no real thing as truth. And it's said in a hundred different forms, but my question to that is always this. If there's no such thing as truth, then is what you're telling me true? If I can't trust anyone, can I trust you? If there's no truth, <laughs> are you telling me the truth? To say that there is no absolute truth is saying that it is absolutely true that there is no absolute truth. 
Just tuck that one into your toolbox. Jesus' motivation was his glory and his love for you. And he set you free and you're free to choose. And the church has done a pretty good job of it. I'm not saying that anybody's perfect. I'm certainly not perfect. We all sinned. Bro, just confess. you got to get up and keep going. But man, I've gone down to provide hurricane relief and just church van after church van passing me. At a speedful sin. We need to talk about that. Uh, or sinful speed. But uh, just, man, the church is going down to do relief. Christmas rolls around, man. You just see people being taken care of, and it's the church. You see homeless being taken care of. It's the church. I, I, I actually have to say I, I see a lot of really good things being done uh, through the church, and so I, I do think that some credit is due there because we are taught to give selflessly. The Bible says your right hand is not supposed to know what your left hand is doing, and so people are doing that, and they're giving. Well, I don't hear from it because the people who are genuinely, benevolently giving are probably not posting it for you to see. <laughs> not that if something is posted, it can't be benevolent. I'm just saying there's a lot more that goes on than, than what you see, and the church does do a lot of good things. Keep going. Verse 13. For you were called to be free, brothers and sisters, only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. You were called to be free. It's for freedom that he set you free. So now I'm free. I'm out of the tree, okay? I get to, I get to move anywhere I want, believe what I want, do whatever I want, and I can use that opportunity to serve me. To fulfill the desires of my own flesh. But serve one another through love. So I've been set free. And in my freedom, freedom from what? Bondage is slavery to something, right? That's where I have to serve people that I don't want to serve. So Christ has set me free so that I'm supposed to do what? Serve people. Dang it. <laughs> That's not what I signed up for. Well, that didn't come from Jesus because this is what he's always told us to do. But serve one another through love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out, or you will be consumed by one another. What will you do with your freedom and who will you use it for? This is an interesting concept. See, he's trying to tell them you can't earn your salvation. It's, it's, it's in your heart. It's belief. We repent. We're baptized. All of those things happen internally. We have an outward appearance of it, okay? So we have an outward appearance of our repentance, okay? That is dead to myself, raised back new in Jesus. We have an outward appearance of Jesus has taken my sins. This is sort of a bath, right? My sins are washed away, but it all happens internally, and it's an interesting thing, if we start trying to earn our salvation instead of it coming through faith, instead of it coming through grace, as long as it can be earned, then we can be better than someone else at it. And here's where the human condition kicks in. Because if I can be better than at earning my salvation than you, then you know how I get ahead of you? By tripping you. 
right? As long as my faith tells me to serve one another, then I will help you to get ahead of me. But as long as my faith comes from outrunning you, then I will maul you to get ahead of you. And so if we turn into a works-based salvation, we will crawl over each other to get to the top of the pile. If it comes through faith and we serve one another, then we will make sure that our brothers and sisters are ahead of us in the same way that Jesus did. Worship team, I want you guys to go ahead and come up. If we work from salvation, we will help others get to the top. Now, forget, forget that these were representing something sinful <laughs> earlier, and now this is a platform. See, when I got saved, I did not have to climb a ladder of good works to get to the top. Jesus just said, you are my son, and he set me on a platform. And I don't have to earn it. In fact, I could never earn it. This comes because of God's grace to me. And now I sit on a platform and I pull others up. I work from my platform. I'm not working for my platform. Do you see the difference in that? You are a son and daughter of the Most High God. That is your platform. You have resources at your disposal because your father is rich. You have love put into you. You have gifts. You have fruit of the Spirit pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing to pull people up with you onto this platform. You do not have a job to do in earning your way up a ladder to get to your platform. Because I promise you, you aren't that good. God is holy and he is without sin and we can never be that good. So church, we work for nothing. We work from salvation. I'm not working for my position. I'm working from my position. I'm not working for my platform. I'm working from my platform. It was for freedom that Christ set me free. And so now you get to choose who are you going to be. And Paul urges faith working through love is how you'll get through this. Otherwise, you will climb up another tree. You will get stuck in another thing. You will be in bondage to something else. Freedom is me serving the Lord because I want to. Serving others because I do it for the Lord. Not serving you because I'm a slave to you, because I'm in bondage. There's a massive, massive difference. So. Just a couple, a couple scenarios this morning, and then I'm done. You may be in bondage.
forgive me, one second. I kept saying I had time left, but my clock is jacked up. I didn't know how much time was left. You may be in bondage. And I want you to know that you're in the right place. There is not a person in this room that has not been up one of these trees, that has not been up two of these trees, that has not been up a forest of these trees, that has not been stuck somewhere that we didn't want to be stuck, that did not jump from one sin to the next just because it wasn't that one and then this one turned out to be just as bad and so on and so forth until we cried out for God to free us. If that is you, we have a prayer team. Prayer team, I want you guys to go ahead and stand up. They're going to come up here to the front today. They want to pray with you. They want to pray with you while the worship team is playing or even after service is over. They want to pray with you. We want you to be free from those things. Some of you have taken that and Christ has set you free just to jump back into it just to be freed again, just to jump back into it, just to be freed again. And it is a cycle. And I need you to understand that you will be so frustrated as long as you are trying to earn your salvation, as long as you're trying to be good enough. Because trying to be good enough is one of these. It's a tree. You're in bondage to it. Because now you go through hatred and self-loathing every time you make a mistake. Now I'm in a big funk. I'm in depression just because I made a mistake. Because I wasn't perfect. It will depress you. You're not supposed to be there. That's what happens from trying to earn your salvation. But when you receive the freedom that God has, and, and guess what? Maybe allow yourself a little bit of that freedom. How about that, huh? Maybe allow yourself a little bit of freedom, a little bit of grace. I am not. This sounds like a really soft-serve sermon today. Man, that's totally not. If you think I'm condoning sin, you are absolutely wrong. I'm telling you, you're human, and you're going to be human. And you keep thinking that you're invalidated. You keep thinking that you can never serve God because you make mistakes. That's what qualifies you for serving God. Because the people who try to live without ever making a mistake, the Bible says that they are alienated from God. That is a completely foreign concept. A human cannot do it. So for whatever reason, you got saved and got free and then got back up here. I want you to allow Christ to free you from that. You cannot be perfect. You will not be perfect. And you're just jumping from one thing to the next, trying to be good enough to get to God. And it will never happen. He set you free. And then here's what we do from there. We pray. We read the word. We go to church. And we be the church. Paul says, let that be faith working through love. Jesus, I need to meet with you. Jesus, what do you want me to do? Holy Spirit, I need you. I want you to set something up today. I can't do it, but you can, and I'll be a part of it. Next week, we're going further into Galatians chapter 5. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit and what he has for you to do. 
But before we get to what the Holy Spirit has for you to do and you submitting to the Holy Spirit first, we got to get you out of the way. We got to get your, 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 your cruel masters out of the way and you've got to be free to allow the Holy Spirit to use you. So maybe you're in that second camp where you say, I've been there and I haven't, and I've been there and I haven't, and I've been there and I haven't. I understand that's every single one of us. Dude, just check your heart. Just check your heart. I don't even know if I can be saved. You're not so far gone that you can't be saved. Check your heart. Faith working through love. I don't even know if I have it. Dude, if you don't know if you got love, you don't have the Father because He is love. You have it. You desire it. You're questioning your own salvation. That probably means the Holy Spirit's convicting you. He wants you free so that you can serve. What matters is faith serving through love. I want to pray for you guys. Lord, I pray that you will be with your people. God, that we could stop trying to earn our salvation, but instead we could work from the platform that you have set us up on, which is that of a, of a prince, of a princess, as a son and a daughter of the Most High King, Father. I pray, Lord, that you would just uh, encourage us, elevate us, equip us, Lord, uh, correct, rebuke, and train us in righteousness so that we can serve you. God, set us free so that we can receive the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will... Uh, will God, just do your work through us. But God, we need freedom in this place. God, I pray for anyone who is still up that tree and says, I'm in bondage to something. I don't know if the Father could ever take me. God, I pray that they would have the boldness to be prayed over. I pray that they would have the courage uh, to confess what that tree is, Father, to confess what that bondage is and liberate us from those things today. God, we need you. We need your provision, and we thank you for who you are. And it's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. So, uh, the worship team is going to play a song. Uh, if you have something that you would like for us to pray with you about, please write it on that connection card. Put it in the basket. Uh, if you are online, judging by the seats today, some of you are snuggled up in a blanket because it's cold and wet. And you know what? We don't blame you, but uh, hope to see you next week. Uh, drop us a line. Drop us a direct message on Facebook if you're uh, watching live on Facebook right now. But we want to pray with you. We want to be with you. But better yet, when the service is over, if you guys want to come up and just, just pray with us, uh, please do that. Um, so I'm, I'm just going gonna, gonna to hand it over to the worship team. But, um, man, please. At least be honest with the Lord about the tree you're up right now. If you tell nobody else today, and I highly encourage you to, like get out of your seat and talk to somebody and tell them about the tree that you're up. But man, at least tell the Lord. Some of you are up one of these trees and you've never named the tree with your mouth. You've never spoken it. Your tongue has never formed the words. And it is liberating to do Man, come back next week. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and all that He has for you and how to get that. And I'm excited about it. But we've got to get out of bondage today. So please stand and worship with us.